Welcome inside the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, John Ledyard from over at FanRagSports.com. And I'm sorry about the little hiatus this week. I know we didn't have as many uh, episodes of Locked On Steelers as I would have liked. Uh, my grandfather actually passed away earlier this week, and I appreciate those of you who have reached out. Um, he, he passed away in the funeral. There was a couple days of viewings and uh, funerals well yesterday, and I was just unable to with all that and with family in and uh, some people staying with us. Just had to take a couple days and, and not uh, get to the podcast, but wanted to make sure I got a Friday episode up for you guys. Um, so we got to talk about the James Harrison situation. I know it feels like it's almost old news at this point, but I'll touch on it briefly. And we also talk about uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, in this week 17 matchup and kind of a little sneak peek. And we'll talk more in depth uh, after this uh, this Sunday, but uh, we'll talk more in depth about the play- FC playoff picture. But I want to take a quick look at it uh, as well going into the week 17 games and kind of tell Steelers fans where they should uh, be rooting for. Let's talk about James Harrison because I think it's a messy situation. Uh, it should have been handled a lot better uh, by a lot of people, the Steelers, Harrison, um, and then the players after the fact. Um, it's just a, another distraction in a season that's been full of them. Will it have any effect on the team? I don't know. Um, why was Harrison cut? Why was Harrison not playing? I disagree with the way Keith Butler runs his defense. I disagree with dropping your outside linebackers, your edge pass rushers as often as he does. But Watt's dropping, you know, I think Pro Football Focus has Watt dropping dropping into coverage the second most among all edge defenders and Bud Dupree the fifth most, both of them significantly higher than your average ed, edge defender. Um, so when you're that's part of your scheme, you can't really tip it off by having other personnel on the field except for maybe end-of-the-game situations where you're just saying we're coming after your quarterback. Um, and so... I think because of that, there wasn't a lot of value for Harrison in Pittsburgh's eyes. Now, I would be rushing my edge players a lot more. The Steelers have 50 sacks without doing what I've said to do, so clearly they have something that's working for them. But you notice during long instances in games, it's hard for them to to get pressure, and they've benefited from playing a lot of bad quarterbacks, and that's helped as well. Guys that have held the ball and, and taken a lot of sacks, and you know Kaiser at the beginning of the year, and you know this past week with Yates and uh, what the other clown uh, Heineke, they, and them holding the ball as long as they did, and that kind of makes an impact on these things, you know, and it helps as well. So, and their blitz packages are great. We talked about that uh, I think earlier in the week. Their blitz packages and ability to get pressure as a team are great. Um, so they can they found a way to be successful without using one on one. No, you know, tough one-on-one pass rushers off the edge. And I think that's a real testament to Keith Butler. Uh, so props to him for that. Although I would do some things differently than he has in that regard. It's clearly worked for him. I haven't harped on it as a result um, because he's found a way to be successful regardless. That plan didn't really involve James Harrison. Uh, he's not going to be a guy that drops into coverage a whole lot. Frankly, Chickalow was even a better option than that. I have no idea why Arthur Motes is still on the team and why he was playing over James Harrison. I know he you know, can quote unquote play some inside linebacker, but if you can't do it well, I don't know that it can really be considered a strength. And Moats can't do it well, and he isn't nearly as good a pass rusher or edge defender as Harrison. So that's the real mystery to me is why couldn't Harrison get on the field over Moats sometimes? But even Moats, he's barely played this year. It's been almost all Watt and Dupree. I get why the Steelers are doing it from a schematic perspective. But the important thing to realize is that the Steelers didn't cut James Harrison, didn't release James Harrison because he can't play anymore. That's not what happened. 
And that's not all that reassuring (laughs) because I really think he's going to go to New England. He's going to play. He's going to give them pass rush reps off the edge. He can play from a two-point stance, and they use a lot of multiple fronts. And I think that they're always going to rotate guys in, but he's going to play. He's going to play important downs for them. I never let go of proven veteran pass rush help because it is a skill that ages well you see older players succeed every single year when they go to new teams Um, even if your athleticism wanes a little bit if you have refined technique and a long track record of being a good pass rusher it's a skill that tends to age very well James Harrison can still rush the passer he showed that and he had 40 snaps this season and uh, he had a handful of pressures in a sack and he took Eric Fisher apart and really was the key catalyst in the Steelers winning the Chiefs game and holding on at the end. I Those are the kind of scenarios where, at the very least, James Harrison is very useful for. And I would not let go of that because, frankly, he's a better pure pass rusher right now than Bud Dupree or TJ Watt are. I don't think you can let go of your best edge pass rusher on a team regardless of the situation. I think you've got to find a way to get him enough reps to keep him happy. Even happy is, is a bad way to put it to give him reps to contribute and if it means he has to drop in coverage a couple times and you wait for a team to call your bluff so be it but this is a guy that can contribute he can play the Steelers didn't handle the situation well if you haven't seen it James Harrison just released these comments on his Instagram about a half hour ago if anybody thought I signed a two-year deal to sit with it to deal with a team in the NFL at age 39 to sit on the bench and collect a check and a participation trophy they're mistaken I didn't sign up to sit on the bench and be a cheerleader I was clear about that when I signed and I was told I would be on the field when I signed when I was asking for reps in camp I got none I got lip service though we know what you can do. You don't need the reps, but I know what my body needs in order to be in shape to compete, and I said so, but still zero reps. At the beginning of the season, when it was clear I didn't have a role anymore, I asked to be released. Throughout the season, I was told week in and out that I'd be used. I wasn't. I started getting frustrated about the whole thing. I asked to not be dressed or take unnecessary practice reps if I wasn't going to play. That's what happened for a couple weeks. Then we had a game week that I got solid reps in practice and everyone assumed I would play. I got to the stadium four hours early, as usual, and my locker was empty. Nobody said anything to me about being inactive, just an empty locker. I asked to be released again. I was told no. A couple weeks later, they dressed me for the game, so I assume I'm going to play, and I get zero reps. Stood on the sideline the whole game. I asked to be released again. I was told no. Then a few days later, they released me. I was never told I would be brought back. It was, if I bring you back, be in shape. I cleared waivers, and they didn't call. New England called. Also, to be clear, ask Ryan if I came to see him in the hospital. I didn't help Bud or TJ. Ask TJ if I helped him. Maybe I didn't handle my frustration the best that I could have. If you hadn't learned anything about me over the last 16 years, I'm a competitor to my core. I live and breathe competition. I do what it takes to keep my body and my mind ready to be on that field. I do it for me. I do it for my family. I do it for my team, and I do it for the fans. Nothing else to it. At the end of the day, they made a business decision, and so did I. I think that's a very fair position for James Harrison to take. The problem is that a bunch of teammates come out and they've since said that James Harrison did this and James Harrison did that. And, you know, he, he was snoring in practices and, you know, he was being a distraction and he ruined his own legacy. And clearly the sentiment in the locker room that he was not a good teammate. And when that many guys are saying that, you know, I think there's a lot of validity to it. So while James Harrison absolutely has the right to be frustrated, ask for his release and be frustrated when that doesn't happen, I don't think, you know, being a poor teammate is the right response in any of those situations. So it sounds like he did some things right and did some things poorly. And the Steelers could have handled the situation a lot better, communicated a lot clearer. 
you have to treat your veteran players, your locker room quote unquote leader guys, you know, guys that are in Harrison's situation that have signed back up and, you know, in his case, come out of retirement, you know, to try and help this team, you got to treat them better than that. And the Steelers typically do. It's uh, definitely not the way that you expect the situation to go. Um, ultimately, I think he helps New England. I don't know that he would have really contributed much in Pittsburgh, so I don't think it's a big loss for Pittsburgh. Um, it's not the reason the Steelers are going to lose to the Patriots again. You know, let's not be ridiculous. Um, you know, but it helps the Patriots, and you don't want to help the Patriots. And so uh, more than anything, I just think you don't get rid of a proven edge pass rusher because those guys have value in the snaps that they play, as few as they may be. You cannot replace the value of what they give you. Look at the Chiefs game as a prime example of that. But if all this other stuff is going on, you know, like I said, maybe the Steelers could go back, handle things a little bit better, a little bit differently with Harrison. But if he's being that much of a distraction, I understand uh, the desire to just finally, you know, wash your hands of the whole thing and, and let him walk after that. Uh, fantasy football fans, listen up. It's not too late to join the 500,000 people that have already downloaded draft this season. You get to play in a real live snake draft but you're done in under five minutes and they last for just one week. You can join one right now for week 17. And the best part is you play for cold, hard cash. You can get this. Your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites. Your all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code L O N F L. That's right. Play real money game for free just by using the promo code L O N F L. And it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering locked on Steelers listeners, a money back guarantee up to $100. Just search draft in your app store, go to draft.com and come play free right now with the promo code L O N F L. Again, that's promo code L O N F L no spaces. Check that out, guys. Draft.com or search Draft in the App Store. You can play a daily fantasy football game and have a great strong chance of of coming away with some cold, hard cash. 80% better than on the salary cap sites. Can't beat that, so make sure you guys check out Draft today. Really good stuff from them, as always, every single week. We've talked about this some, uh, but we we need to address it again kind of even though we don't know a whole lot more. But it looks like right now the Steelers are going to at least start their starters there's not a whole lot of clarity as to when they'll play. I don't expect there to be a whole lot of clarity. I think that they're going to snort their guy. I mean, we we just don't know. We don't really know a whole lot. Um, I would expect knowing Tomlin that he's going to want to compete until he knows that there is not really a window um, to be able to get that one seed in case something were to happen in New England. Uh, I would... I don't think that you can argue with that. I really don't think that you can argue that with that with Tomlin. I mean, what are you going to say? You know, there's no chance. Of, you know, the Patriots almost lost to the Jets before. They've almost they lost to Miami when Miami couldn't beat anyone. Um, you know, so it's definitely possible. I think it's probably unlikely, but I think it's definitely possible. Um, so I get it from Tomlin's perspective. You know, you play, you compete for the one seed. Um, that's what you want. And I think that they'll do that. Um, I just hope nobody gets hurt. And that's all we can really do. Um, so I, it's easy to understand where Tomlin's coming from. I don't think you can argue hard one way or the other. I thought it was interesting. I looked up kind of what the, what are the Steelers like coming off a bye. I think that both times they've had a bye, um, they have won uh, the next week um, in the playoffs, uh, both the most recent two times, I think. And I think they actually reached the Super Bowl uh, both times I read. So, it seemed like it goes well for them when they've done it in the past under Tomlin. One of the aspects of it that's a little bit interesting is thinking about 
the bye week in relation to the regular season and what's happened. So they were six and one under Tomlin. They're gone zero and three uh, the last three years leading up to this one. And then this one they won but played terribly against Indianapolis, probably one of their worst games of the year. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown hooked up to to lead him to victory at the end. But it, a really, really, really bad showing by Pittsburgh in that game, and um, coming off a of bye as well. So they were, if not for a train wreck of a team, they pretty good shot that they're own four in the last couple coming off a of bye. So interesting note I thought because it becomes a little bit of a concern. Can this team keep their focus? as they get that two seed but they're locked into a buy-in anyway either way whether they play in this game or not i'd rather compete and try and you know be able to have a small chance at least to play at home and potentially pittsburgh uh, may end up having that as well bowl season is here and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for payout sign up at mybookie.ag today and get paid fast when you win my bookie is your hookup for all your betting needs and you can even deposit using bitcoin where you bet at is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting the bull games, you got to go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site I'd recommend. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. They have odds on every matchup as well as in-game live betting and on all this season's NFL and bowl games. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. LOCKEDON is the promo code. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. If you're going to bet, the only place to do it is at MyBookie. Also, guys, check out the bowl games. They're happening now. There's some happening today, some happening tomorrow. All weekend, there'll be a good time to go over to MyBookie.ag and win yourself some money in this Christmas season. The Steelers have an interesting spot because they're obviously locked in one of the top two seeds, but if you can't get to one, and I think it's safe to assume they're probably not going to get to one, even though we'll see what happens with New England, but let's say New England wins as we expect, the Steelers don't get the one seed, and I think you're in an interesting spot because you're Jacksonville's locked into the three seed, but they've said they plan to play their starters against Tennessee. So if the starters are playing against the Titans for Jacksonville, uh, and the the expectation is that they're kind of waiting to see who the sixth seed is. And the, the fact that Jacksonville's playing their starters is important because Tennessee's in a win-and-get-in situation. Now, if Jacksonville's playing their starters, they're trying to keep Tennessee out of the playoffs. I get that. Um, if Jackson, if Tennessee wins, they're likely playing Jacksonville in the first round, turning around and playing them again. So it's kind of a weird spot for Jacksonville to be in um, because, I, you know, you think about who they – they're basically picking who they rather play against in that spot. Baltimore could be there, I think. Buffalo could be there. The Chargers could be there. If you're a Steelers fan, you're cheering for Jacksonville to win, Tennessee to get bounced, Buffalo to lose, and the Chargers to get in. They would get in with a Tennessee loss and a Buffalo loss and if the Chargers win over the Raiders. So I think because the Chargers, is, as much as I don't feel like the Chargers or anybody else other than Jacksonville is a threat to New England and Pittsburgh, the Chargers are the only team that could play Jacksonville in the first round and beat them. The Ravens aren't going to beat Jacksonville. No chance. Ravens offense won't do anything against the Jaguars. I mean, they, they, they just they won't do anything. And I know Jacksonville, and if Blake Bortles self-destructs, you know, maybe you've got an issue there, but that's the same for all these teams. You know, if the Steelers do what they do and play down to competition, they can lose the game too. 99% of the time, Jack, this Jacksonville team is going to whoop up on this Ravens team. I really believe that. They did it earlier in the year too in London. So 
I in both two different teams now for sure, but I just don't see them being able to match up well with Jacksonville. <laughs> I don't see the Bills beating anybody in the playoffs. If they make it, it's a pure testament to how awful the AFC is, uh, which it is awful, and so there is that chance. Um, and the Titans, even though they beat the Jaguars early in the season, they have basically been the walking dead through the second half of the season. And I don't see any way on earth that the Titans can hold a candle to what Jacksonville can do right now. So I think when you look at all those potential matchups for the Jaguars, the Chargers are the one team. The Chargers can throw the ball. The Chargers have the pass rush. They can get after Blake Bortles. They can force them into mistakes. They have good corners. They have the recipe and the things that you need to be able to pull off an upset and beat Jacksonville. Uh, and, and I think that that's what, that's what is really needed for this game if you're a Steelers fan. You want to see somebody who can push Jacksonville, who can put some doubt in them, who can at least give them a good game. Because that showdown between Pittsburgh and, and we're, talk, we're focused on the Pittsburgh New England potential showdown. That one with Jacksonville, that's more than likely going to happen in the divisional round of the playoffs. That's just as good. That is a huge matchup. Antonio Brown comes back. He had a lot of success against Jalen Ramsey, but Ben Roethlisberger didn't. He threw five picks in that game. Uh, you know, there's a lot of storylines that the Steelers are going to be trying to rewrite. Jacksonville plays with a real edge. They're going to know that they have come up to Pittsburgh before and taken it to the Steelers. They're going to come in with that mentality again. Um, and it, right now, the Steelers can't stop anybody from running the football. And Jacksonville's no world beater in terms of being able to run the ball. But they're sure a heck of a lot better than Houston was. Um, And Houston ran it all over Pittsburgh with no issue with their fourth-string quarterback in. So this is a bad situation for Pittsburgh, the way that they're playing right now defensively. And Jacksonville's defense is one of the few, maybe the only, in the NFL that can match up well with what Pittsburgh does offensively. So to me, this is a tough matchup for Pittsburgh, very tough. And even though they have the more talented players, Jacksonville's going to play. Um, I mean, they are going to be bumping for that game uh, if they get to it. So, yeah, sure. If you're a fan, cheer for the Chargers. Cheer for the potential to knock them off because nobody else in the AFC is doing it. Um, that's just the way that it is. And there's not another team in the AFC that's that's putting it to uh, putting it to uh, the Jaguars like the Chargers might be able to. I still think that I would pick Jacksonville, but the Chargers have the best chance of being able to upset them. So if you're interested in that, cheer for those scenarios to go down and for the Chargers to get the sixth seed in the AFC. Even if the Chargers were to move on, they'd play New England. Uh, Pittsburgh would play Kansas City, uh, probably Kansas City, Baltimore winner. Um, I'm imagining Baltimore beats Cincinnati and gets in. And um, even though, yeah, you don't want to play a team three times, I I have a hard time seeing. You know, Baltimore will give them a game. We know Baltimore will give them a game. Let's not pretend like they won't. But uh, Pittsburgh clearly has the talent advantage there. Um, and, and they've handled Kansas City uh, quite easily is probably the wrong way to put it because they always make it interesting. But Kansas City's had a really hard time with Pittsburgh, let's put it that way. Uh, so I like the Steelers' chances in both of those matchups better than I would against Jacksonville. Um, although Pittsburgh shouldn't be afraid of anyone, and I've said that before. They're, they're, this is the most talented team in the AFC. We'll see if they play to that. But uh, you know, to be honest, the Super Bowl should be the expectation that's delivered upon this season. And, and really, even though New England obviously has history on their side and Jacksonville beat them earlier in the year, I think if you look at Pittsburgh's roster and, and the fact that they've been able to stay healthy, hopefully that continues against Cleveland. This is the team to beat in the AFC, although everyone will probably consider the defending Super Bowl champions that team. Uh, so we'll see how it goes down. Should be fun in the AFC. Real quickly on Cleveland, the Steelers and the Browns, uh, they have done some work against each other. 38 games now since the Browns came back. 
1999. The Steelers have won 32 of them, so 32 and six against the Browns. They have absolutely dominated Cleveland. Um, they actually lost 99 in 2000. They were two of those losses. They lost one in 2003, and then under Tomlin, they've lost three times. Um, and the most recent one was in 2014. Uh, so this is, you know, the Steelers have had a, a lot of success against the Browns. I think um, everybody knows that. Everybody's had a lot of success against the Browns too, so that helps as well. Um, having said that, the Steelers really haven't looked great against the Browns. You know, I, they always end up winning, but it's, it's similar to the Bengals series except less competitive because the Browns are just worse. But the Steelers really haven't looked great. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's 22 of 22 and two against the Browns. You would think that meant. He's a dominant, you know, statistical, putting up dominant stats and everything. Not real. I mean, completed 62% of his passes, 37 touchdowns is good, but 18 interceptions. You know, he's made some mistakes. Uh, he's thrown an interception in, I think, eight, seven of their last eight games against the Browns. I mean, he's had his struggles as well. So, yeah, the the Steelers perform, you know, the, the win loss result as per usual uh, in the last couple of seasons for the Steelers doesn't always indicate that the way they've played is the best. So, if there's one thing I look to be true, it's Le'Veon Bell having a productive outing. He's had in his games against uh, his, his games against Cleveland in his career 80, 90, 109, 82, 146 yards rushing in those games, and then 32 games earlier this year, averaged 3.2 yards per carry on just 10 attempts, and many of those coming late in the game when the Bengals or the Browns knew that the Steelers were going to try and run the football. So not really much of a shot for Le'Veon Bell to be successful against the Browns in that most recent matchup, but before then he'd had a lot of success against him, never received less than 18 yards in a ga- or 18 carries in a game against the Browns. So I expect him to get a good bit of the workload. I don't think the Steelers will be conservative, but I bet that they play it safe enough that the game will be interesting for a little while. At the end of the day, I do think Pittsburgh wins, even if their backups come in. No, I think this is a winnable situation for them. The Browns are just, they're beat up and, you know, 0-16 is where this team was kind of been headed for a long time. And uh, no one wants to be, you know, everybody talks about, oh, with the Browns, you know, they don't want to be 0-16. They're going to be fighting hard. Yeah, but nobody wants to be the team that loses to the Browns either. So we'll see if the Steelers backups play most of the game. I may end up being wrong because the Browns do have some talent and I could definitely see them being able to beat the Steelers backups this year. But last year they couldn't. And for now, as long as my reps on the line, I'm 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 going with the Steelers to win this game. Uh, something like give me like twenty three to twenty three to fifteen or some some ugly score like that. It, it'll be it'll be nearly unwatchable, I'm sure. So we'll be back t- early next week on the Locked On Steelers podcast. We're going to talk about what the playoff picture looks like. We'll have a very clear picture of things. We'll talk about the other matchups in the in the playoffs as well, especially on the AFC side of things. But we'll touch on both because I think a lot of you guys are interested on what both sides look like and who matches up well with who. Hopefully, um, we'll be we, we will be able to get in a good full week next week, even with uh, some of the holidays that are happening. So, looking forward to being able to give you guys that and get the podcast back on track. As always, appreciate you guys listening so much, and we'll keep it locked right here on Locked On Steelers.